a listener production. Welcome back to episode nine of the Howie Games Artist Series Part B, featuring combi lover Pete Murray. Remember to have a listen to Pete's latest EP, The Night. Plus, you can see Pete live at Somersault in February through March 2022 and at the Byron Bay Blues Festival in April. How good's that? All righty, let's go. And it's a bloody great story. So how does, like, like uh, Feeler comes out, um, See the Sun, and just, like, the, the songs, like, you know, if you look at Feeler, uh, a six-time platinum. I always read this yeah. about music. What does that mean? What's a platinum mean? Is that a certain number Se- of sales? Well, platinum's uh, 75,000 sales. So, so times s- that by six or whatever number you, you, you're doing. Right. So that's, yeah. get, that's close Getting to half to- a million. Yeah. So Feeler, Lines, Bail Me Out, So Beautiful. I don't know if it was so beautiful, the one that really kicked it off, but what does kick it off and and how do you handle the change of being a bloke who's turned around on the highway thinking, oh, I'm packing my dax, I'm not going to do this, to being a bloke walking down the street or hearing your music in, in Woolies, as you said? Yeah, well, it was a very strange, you know. Um, Feeler was the first song that, that kicked off on that album and Feeler just went from Triple J to commercial within about a week, where normally... So you kind of get Triple J and then commercial will kind of come on later. This all happened so quickly. So, um, and the song, just, the song was just such a fresh sound. There was nothing else around like it at that stage, you know, and that was, I guess, I don't know, what it was around pop stuff, you know, where this just came yeah. out. It was, it was rootsy acoustic um, music, you know, and it um, had this acoustic groove and at the end it had this bit of a rock outro, epic rock, rock outro. So it was just a real fresh song. It just kind of exploded or to a certain level anyway. And I remember kind of, you know, I was rehearsing in Melbourne at the time and I was living down there with the band and I remember walking on the street and you did have people kind of sort of doing the second look at you. And I, I didn't sort of pick it up first, but the band were going, mate, everyone's starting to look at you now, you know, and I'm like, oh, really? You know, so, and then you start getting a bit self-conscious, like everyone's, it is a really weird moment. Then you have someone going, oh, you're Pete Murray, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. So strange thing, you know, when you experience that for the first time. I mean, everything you go through with, with any sort of fame is, is the first time you do it is, is really an amazing experience, whether it's good or bad, you're just going to experience it for the first time. But, um, you know, the songs that, that uh, came after that, Lines was another one, just kind of stepped up again to another level. But the big one was so beautiful, you know, yeah. and that was a song that was once again still such a fresh-sounding song. There was nothing else like it at the time when that came out. And I remember thinking to the, the record label saying, this is, this is a big hit. And I'm, I was going, guys, this is not a single. You know, I, this is like nearly five minutes long. And they said, can we take, like, the third verse out to make it a, you know, three-minute song, pop song? I'm going, it's not a pop song. You know, this is, you can't take the, the lyrical content out of this song. It's not going to make sense. So I said, I said, no, you can't do that. So, like, okay, well, let's just go to the radio with it. And I said, I kept saying, you're wasting your time. This is not going to work. <laughs> Mate, it's, it came back with egg on my face for that one, you know, because it just exploded and it was it was one of the biggest songs for that for the next couple of years really yeah. it just it didn't get off radio i remember when we came out with um with see the sun the album yep and songs i think better days was the first single off that and we i know the, the record label had to ask radio to stop playing oh. the songs off feeler can you stop playing that so we can get some new stuff out Pete? and uh that was kind of like two years later so um huh. you know but then we ha- we had you know better days was playing and then opportunity was another song that came out was another big hit song so we had, they didn't take the other songs off. We had, suddenly we had songs off Feeler and uh, these other songs off See the Sun album that were still being played. Yes, there was a lot of airplay. 
going on at, at that stage and probably too much. I had mates early on that were going, mate, super excited. And they call me all the time, you've been played, you've been played. Like, and then after a while they're going, mate, if I hear another one of your songs, I'm going to come down. <laughs> So, I, I, I haven't, I haven't been able to ask this question yet. It hasn't sort of come up at the right time. Yeah. Take me into um, uh, making a music clip, right? So at this stage, um, Pete Murray, he sort of, you know, all those classic clips, and it's you, it's the beach, might be a couple of girls, the combi, it's coastal, and then all of a sudden. Always a winner comes along. Now, people need to stop the podcast for a sec. They need to watch the film clip because it is you playing sort of the role of the hero and there's yeah. action scenes. You're rescuing a girl off with a ransom. Cracking clip, and I liked yeah. it because you're showing your karate expertise. <laughs> uh, like, do you decide, does someone comes with you and then what's involved? It's a, it's, a, it's a really entertaining clip. I was watching it again this morning, mate. That's it. That was such a great fun clip. Uh, it looks. It, was, it looks that. It looks like yeah. you're having a great time doing it. Yeah, it was. Um, it was my idea to try and do something like that. I just. I've always kind of wanted to be in uh, in action movies. You know, <laughs> so if I ever get the chance, you're talking about doing another. You know, doing someone else's job. I, I, I yeah. don't know. I'd try and take. Um, I don't know, Jason Statham's job or something. Because like <laughs> it's just action movies. Man, I would love to do that stuff. That was so good. You know. Um, so this was all about. I want to do like an like an, an action film where, you know, you just you got to save the girl and all this stuff happens. And, and I wanted to be, I wanted to beat guys up, you know. So I'd never done that stuff before. And it was so much fun because you had all the um, uh, all the guys who basically the stunt guys, you know, that come in and we had to go through all the um, uh, choreography, it's like choreography, the, 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 it looks the like choreography, moves and things like yeah. that. And man, it was so good. Like you even feel like you're a king fighter, you know, like you just. <laughs> And it just, it was, fan- and these guys are flying and you know, it was so much fun to do. So, um, you know, we just had a ball doing it. The funny thing was there's a scene at the end, you know, I, where I come in, I basically there's four guys come out and I sort of chuck them all out of the way. And the last guy I kind of do a big, big kick yeah. and um, knock him out of the way. So the first time through that, my old knee injury. Oh, no, the ACL, PCL. It just, just popped in and out and it just, I just, it just dropped me. So the, oh. we had to re- we had to retake it. And I had the strapping on my knee. So if you watch closely on the, the you know, the, the time, second time through, I'm kind of really <laughs> weary on the knee and I'm sort of I'm sort of hopping a little bit and I do the kick and it's just a little bit tentative. But you can see me kind of even running down the stairs and I'm sort of hopping because my knee was just like blowing out and it puffed up. And <laughs> But, yeah, like a great fun clip to do. And, and Marty Sachs is a mate of mine down here. Marty played the bad guy in that one and, uh, you know, it was just, a, it was just a, such a fun clip to do. So obviously you, you've got a profile and you've got an idea. You're you're putting yourself into the the DOP, the the director, the producer's hands. Do they show you what it's looking like as you go, or is it sort of how long does it take to shoot? And then do you see it for the first time and think, oh yeah, that's what I'm after? Or oh, we need to tweak that a bit? Yeah, well, I found early on um, doing cli- can clips are the kind of the, uh, a hard thing for for musos to do. Most musos really struggle with that stuff. Um, yeah. And early on, I remember like not really looking at the, when you do something. You, you never sort of have a look at the take. So if you weren't really am- animated enough, because we've huh. been doing a clip, you've got to be sort of animated and playing a lot more. Otherwise, it just looks like you're, you know, a bit still and a bit dull. So um, I started to get into that a lot more. And I, and I actually really loved that part. Opportunity was another video that I really was kind of, it was all my idea. And the guy, Yan Ui, who was the director of that, he just said, no, you were the director. He's, it's, it's a really nice guy. He was the director. But he kind of said, look, this is your, this is your idea, your clip. And every time, I would go and do a, a shot. I'd come around with him and we'd look at it and say, okay, we've got to adjust this, got to do this. So that whole clip 
was probably um, the probably the clip that I'm most proud of because it was a, I think that song, especially lyrically, is so powerful for people. You know, for um, mm. you know, if you if you're unhappy in life, what you're doing, just get out of it, find your exit, and get out and, and change your life to be happy. And it's inspired a lot of people to 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 do things that they wouldn't normally do. And that clip was just really so relevant, I think, for that whole thing of you know we had a um, we we built this. It looks like I'm inside a house. Yes. When I'm doing the whole thing. But we built this, you know, just basically it was a, a box, you know, and um, had wallpaper and stuff on there and it looked like you're inside a room. And at the end, I um, I jumped through the window. I'm writing on the, all the lyrics, you know, what the whole thing's about. I jumped through the window, pick up a bit of rope and pull the back, the back wall down and then walk off basically just to say, you know, get out of here and yes. do what makes you happy. And that's the main thing. So that clip, like I said, was really great because I got to be um, – the director as well as, you know, um, the artist and just putting the whole thing together, even from the early concept, sitting down with, with Yen and talking about this. And he's brilliant. Yen is, is, is amazing. I think he's over in, last I heard he was in Holland somewhere. But um, it was just great to be to be that sort of involved in the whole thing and then at the end have something that was really good and not, not a, a piece of shit basically. <laughs> and, and so, Pete, you mentioned, that, you know, it, it's, it's a song that's had an impact on a lot of people. How do you receive it? What does it make you feel when someone comes up and says, it may be, you know, I, I played So Beautiful at my wedding or I played this song at my mum's my funeral or opportunity made me reevaluate my life. Like what does it feel like when the gift that you're putting out there is beautifully received by someone and they come and tell you about it? It's amazing. You know, probably it? the best story that I've got on that is I was up in Rockhampton one time and I we finished the gig and we went out with the band and we're at this um, bar, uh, and, and next minute I, I just felt this big hand on my shoulder. I turned around; it was one of the, one of the uh, security guards. And I'm just thinking, oh, someone in the band's done something stupid, and we're about to be thrown out. You know, either it's either the drummer or the bass player. It's either the drummer <laughs> or the bass player. And I'm like, oh. uh, anyway, I said, oh. but turn around, and said, look, I'm sorry, straight away. And this guy had tears coming down his face. I said, mate, what's what's wrong? You know, yeah, okay. And he was bawling. He said, you know what, I have to thank you. Um, Twelve months ago I went through hell. I lost my business and all these things went wrong with him. He, was fair, he split up with his fam, with his wife. Went through a really hard time and he just wanted to end it, wanted to end his life. And he said that this one song that I, I listened to in the morning when I got up and, and before I went to sleep, I'd listen to this one song. It was Better Days. And he said, that that's the reason that I'm still alive today. And I was like, there is no better compliment in the world when someone tells you that your hmm. song or your lyrics has kept them on this planet, you know, I mean, that's for me, that's the biggest buzz that I've ever ever got. Um, obviously, it's really nice to hear other stories too, but that's a big one for me when you can inspire yeah. people to to deal with, um, you know, the grief they're going through or hardship, and to know that they will get through this and it's going to get better, and you know, you know, you've kind of done your job. Let's talk surfing. Let's talk you, Oki. Uh, is it Mark Gaznia, and maybe is it? Uh, Ash Gunwald, is it? Yeah, yeah, Ash. L- Latitude Zero. So yeah. this is a show that I used to watch religiously on Fuel yeah. TV. Yeah. So like, there's some pretty serious surfers. Obviously, Oki's a serious surfer. And then you did really, really well. Like You, you know, surfed some heavy waves on that operation. Next time on Latitude Zero, the boys' trip of a lifetime continues as they visit the local village and take the piss out of each other. I'm gutsy enough to do this way, but the other guys want to leave. <laughs> so, head off now. Well, I was, um, I was 
late 30s when I started surfing. I was, I was late into it. That is late. Brought up in the country. When I moved to, to Byron, it still took me a while to get into it. Uh, but I felt like by the time I was 37, I was really kind of getting the hang of it. You know, I wasn't falling off all the time and it was it was good. Nice, quiet even, place to learn up at the pass in Byron. There's n- never normally too many out there, only sort of two or three hundred of your two best Two or three hundred, yeah, no, no. It's tough to learn there because you, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't get away. <laughs> but, um, look, there were times because of my job, you know, I, I could surf during the day and I would go there and there'd be heaps of waves during the day. So, look, I, I, was, I was great. And the wave there at the pass is, is pretty tame, you know, it's yes. not, never too heavy. So I remember kind of just getting to the point where I was, I was remember thinking I'm at the point now where I can kind of get up and catch a wave and not fall off. That's I was kind of getting good. You know, I couldn't turn or anything like that. But and then Ash said, "Mate, we're going to go to the uh, to Indo surfing. <laughs> uh, do you want to come?" He said, "The waves are great." You know, I'm thinking, "Yeah, sure." I didn't really know how heavy some of this stuff was. And I'm like, "Yeah, like that'll be great. I'd love to." He said, "Your surf is going to improve our sight," and and it did. Looks um like there's that wide section, but apart from that, it looks fun for me. It looks very fun for all. What I reckon, this is unreal, that's what I reckon. Look at it, no one out, perfect. I just want to get in there. But I remember going there and it was it was like I was on SAS because I was petrified. Every morning I'd wake up, <laughs> we'd had a different wave. You know, by the time you kind of feel like you've just got a, a wave sussed a bit, you, the next day you'd move somewhere else. All that afternoon you move somewhere else, you know, so it just kept moving around. And um, and I think having the reef there was just just scary thing too, you know, but at first I didn't really understand it. I don't know. I was like, we went to Greenbush, which was a left hand. And I'm terrible at left hand, left hand. All I can do, can't turn at all. I've just got to grab the rail. So you're natural. So you're no good at goofy. Terrible. Welcome to my so, world. Welcome to my world. Pete. So left hand is just really, I'm, I'm bad. And the only thing I can do is really just grab the rail and hang on. Yep. So, but which is perfect for, for Greenbush because it was, it's a, it's a big wave and it's really powerful. All the guys, this is the first wave we did. And all the guys are saying, look, Pete, this is not a wave for you, mate. Don't come out. This is really uh, dangerous. The, the reef's super sharp. It's super heavy. Don't do it. And my goal was just to surf every wave that these guys did, obviously trying to avoid the, the biggest sets, of course. Yeah. Um, so um, I went out there and another set came through, which wasn't, well, I didn't think it was too bad, but a lot more power than what I've ever had before, especially around here at, at Byron Bay. And I got on and just grabbed, and I felt super confident, grabbed the rail, shot across this thing. I was thinking, wow, I'm looking down at the reef and going, this is unbelievable, you know, not knowing how dangerous that is, you know. <laughs> and then I was thinking, oh, shit, I've got to punch through the wave. Holy shit, I've never done this before either. I was just basically just punch through and get through the other side. And I did it and I was like, I was buzzing. Like, that was amazing for me just to do that. Went back. I caught like about two or three waves there, I think. And then this massive bomb just came through, this massive big wave and... I still didn't think too much about it. Ash was right beside me and um, I was paddling and paddling and just come up, you know, over the top and Ash just jumped off the board and I sort of went over it and uh, um, in, in time, you know, and, and Ash was like, did you paddle over that thing? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, mate, you made me feel like a bit of a, bit of a, a wussy, you know, because I just threw the board away and I just didn't know that the danger that I was in, that's all it was, you know. But I found out later, a couple of days later, we went to HT's Yep, uh, and that is a he- that's a pretty heavy wave, and yeah. um, there's a reef there called the Surgeon's Table. That if you you know, who comes for, up for with the- these names? Like oh. who comes up with these names? Just, it's it's well, not that inviting, is it? The Surgeon's Table as you're paddling out. So we have the, the guy who was taking um, the cameraman or the, the photographer, one of the guys there, um, Swilly. He was um, he he was he knew all the waves. He said, "Look, this one, 
you know, don't get in this area. It's the surgeon's table. And anyway, it was it was kind of like um, it's, pretty, it's way heavier than what I've done before. And it was it was over my head uh, once again in new territory. Never done that before either. And I, I and I was kind of had this. I got a bit scared. And I, I don't like surfing with booties on, but this one wave I got. Um, I caught, sorry, I caught the first wave without booties at HTs and I went through and my heart was like, you know, it was pretty heavy and I thought that was scary for me. Most guys probably don't get scared about that. I was pretty nervous about it and I went, I'm just going to get my, um, I'm going to go get the booties that I've borrowed off a, off a friend, you know, and I'll, um, anyway, next time I'll, I'll, I'll catch it and just in case I end up on the, on the reef. So my second wave, I, I came down. <laughs> I never knew how, how heavy and how hard you can get hit by a lip of a wave. Right. And, you know, I learned feel it very quickly after this next wave to just surf down and yeah. to watch it watch it when it's coming because it's basically just comes sort of comes in fairly steadily and then it's, next minute it's just like boom. Guillotined you. Yeah. And so I'm just like cruising across this thing. I thought, oh, I'm going to make this, you know. Next minute it just hit me. Mate, I, it, it's ripped the booties off my foot straight, my feet straight away. <laughs> and I was just like, going, you know, like, holy shit, what just hit me? That was the hardest thing I've ever been hit with before in my life. And I was a little bit dazed and I was like, oh, I came up the top and I'm right over the surgeon's table. And I'm like, I'm doing the starfish, you know, like trying to swim <laughs> like this as the, as the water's going back out. I'm thinking, oh, no, this is like not where I want to be. And luckily I kind of got over it and... Um, Got out of there, but I was so nervous about that wave. It just freaked me out. That hit. I had another go later, uh, and um, and that's the first thing I. I was always watching the lip after that because that was just that, that just comes down, especially the, the the amount of volume of water that's coming yeah. through on those waves, and when it just just comes and hits you, and it's like, whoa, that is. I don't want to be in that position again. So that feeling when you're there and you think, oh, this is okay, and then you see the set coming and you're paddling and you're paddling. I think I'm not getting over this. That I that's. No. That that's the bit that scares me, Pete. Where my guts really tighten up when I think, oh, what am I going to do here? This is going to land. I'm yeah. gonna, I hate that feeling. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's it is it's terrifying, and especially when you know, like you're not experienced with that that sort nah. of uh, those conditions. I mean, I'd love to go back there again now and maybe have another go at it. I think um, you know, surfing's improved a lot since those days. So, but that was a great trip. You know, those guys were so awesome to surf with. Oki Gaz was a, he rips as well, and Ash was a good surfer too. You know, all these guys were great for me. Because they would, you know, like like I say, surfing here in Byron is very different to that. So you just yes. you go, you can't sit where you normally sit here because it's a super fast wave. So these guys would be like, mate, come with us, and we'll get you in the right spot. So it, that was so helpful for me, especially you know, Oki was um, he's a demon, such a great guy. We've become great mates since, you know. But he was, mate, to sit there and watch that guy surf when he catches a wave. You know, looking at the wave from behind when he's on it, yeah, it just disappears down, and it's just this. You know, <laughs> these turns are so fast, and, and the like, spray uh, and everything that goes behind it. I would do these turns. That I'd like do a slow turn like that, and I'd be going, "Oh man, I was ripping on that." You know, and then you'd watch hockey, and it's like that was really embarrassing. So, <laughs> I reckon there's nothing worse in life as a surfer that's not hockey to see yourself back. And you think oh, I'm surfing right, then someone shows you a video, and you're like, "Please don't that be me." Oh yeah, that was that's, that was embarrassing. Yeah. Let's get back to Pete. Pete, frequent listeners of this show know I've got a couple of kids and whoever is enthused about the guest, they ask a question. I record it on my phone, then play it to the mm. guest. Um, my daughter, his name is Sky, but her nickname is The Pickle. She's learning the guitar off the back of me. She was on the uke, but now she's progressed to the guitar. She had a question for, would you mind me playing it to you? Absolutely, yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, Pete, Pickle here. I love your new song, Hold Me Steady. 
And I really liked watching you on SAS, and I was really bummed for you when you dislocated your elbow. That must have hurt. Anyway, I play a bit of the guitar, but I can never make it sound good when I play with the pick. Do you have any tips to make it sound any better? So we're often strumming in this house with our, yep. without a pick, and then when we get to the pick... Be fair to say both of us struggle in that area to not make it sound metallic and clangy. She said, "Dad, tell Pete it sounds metallic and clangy." What's what size? What uh, size pick are you playing with? What, what width is it? Thick? Is it soft? I've got one. Yeah, I've got one here in front of me. It's a eleven. It's a Jim Dunlop, whatever that is. It's sort Dunlop. of uh, what's it say? USA it, nylon. I find sometimes the, the soft. Seven three millimeters. It is. Pete, oh, yeah, if that means anything to you. Yeah, I prefer the, the a little bit heavier, but uh, I find sometimes those are a little. Um, uh, can't say a little jangly on the guitar, you know, bit, bit sort of too strummy. Yes. But, um, you know, maybe try a, a, just a bit thicker. Maybe even, uh, look, go to the one, size one or, you know. Okay, so see a thicker pick. Yep, try that. Um, and that's really, try that, see how you go. And don't strum as hard, maybe a bit softer. Right, I'll pass that on to her. Um, where next for you? Like where do the, um, I'm very conscious of your time, I know you need to, yep. to get out of here shortly to go and watch the waves that you can't surf while everyone else surfs it with your elbow. But where, where next? Like, where do the songs come to you? And do, do you are they constantly? Can you can you release yourself from it, or is there always a song buzzing around your head every day, every hour? I find um, these days I've had just had my fourth child, so I've got two two older boys, seventeen, fourteen. I got a uh, two girls, um, three and a half and four months. Wow, and she's so got a bit on your plate then, mate. It's not just the elbow that's keeping me away from the surf, let me tell you. <laughs> right. So it's tricky at the moment to try and get surfing. I think I can surf now because I can push up okay and get off the board, so that's great, and I'm keen to get back and, and get into it again. Um, but, um, you know, music, I find uh, I struggle to play around the house just because the minute I pick up a guitar, one of the girls now, or, sorry, Sachi, who's three and a half, uh, and even when I was um, when the boys were younger, as soon as I pick it up, they'd come over and start strumming it and hitting it, and you know. So I was just like, okay, here you go, give it to them and have a bit of a bash. Um, so I, I find I've got a studio. I need to go in there uh, be, before when I when the kids went around. I would get into the bathroom, and that was the best place. You'd sit in the in the shower, <laughs> not in the shower, but in the room, because the acoustics are so great off the, all the tiles, you know. Ah. And it, I find that you sound better. When you're uh, just in a lounge room or somewhere that, you know, you're not hearing anything coming back at you, so you, your voice and your sound goes away, you're not hearing yourself. But when you can hear that reflection coming back at you, it's actually really nice. Huh, and that's, that's the best place tip. best place to sit and write songs. And also you're not sort of, you know, in an amazing place where you're looking at, say, if you go to the beach to try and write a song, you'll be going, I'd rather be in there than sitting here trying to do this. <laughs> so I found that I would treat it like, like an office and that's where I'd go and I'd write and I'd have a little, um, you know, the phone now, you just take the phone in there. Film yourself so you know exactly what you're playing and um, that's the best way to do it. But I, like I said, bathrooms these days are pretty hard to get into because there's kids and stuff there, so I have to go away, get into the studio now and do it. So, mate, um, I mentioned your music at the start in the intro before you came on, EP The Night, which is six tracks. Well, what is next? When can people hear more of the type of stuff you've been rolling out with Hold Me Steady, et cetera? When's it coming? Because a lot of people are waiting for it. Yeah, uh, the probably the second single will be uh, maybe another couple of months. Okay, away, and then it'll be another couple of months again, and then for a third single, and then we'll see when the EP is going to come out. We don't know at this stage, but probably EP will be probably early next year, some stage, I guess. Um, the EP 
I've done one EP, The Night. Yep. Second EP is called Before I Go. Before I Go. So what that will be is an album together because it was written as an album, but we just done EPs. It's just a better way to do things these days. Um, but the, 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 it will be The Night Before I Go will be the album. And that's off the lyric on um, Waiting for This Love. Right. Off the last song off the first EP. So that's how it's going to work. And um, albums have kind of yeah, tricky these days to try and do now. So it's just I don't think people have the attention span for it, but I think doing the two EPs is going to work pretty well and um, get some more songs out there for people here and then put it together as a nice little package. And well, I hope, I hope uh, you've noticed a spike in Spotify royalties because I've done nothing but listen to Pete Murray for the last week before I having a chat with you. So I'm all across it. Hey, the last question I always ask, Pete, we are fortunate uh, a lot of young people listen to this show with their parents um, and if they want to be a musician, Pete, or a cricketer or a scientist or a doctor or a, a sports medicine expert from your wonderful experiences you've had in life so far, and it sounds like you've gone out on a limb a couple of times, what advice would you give the youngsters? And as a dad, I know that you probably understand the weight of that question. It's not an easy one to answer in a, in a short form. Well, you know, you just mentioned going out on a limb. I think that's really um if you want to challenge yourself in life, then that's what you have to do, you know, and you've got to um, follow your dreams. You know, what do you want to do in life? Don't do something that, you know, you might go and study law, but you hate doing law, and but you'll do it because you've done your done your studies. Mm. Um, you know, think about what you want, where you want to be in life and what you want to do. For me, it was lifestyle. Uh, when music sort of came around, that was really the, I had wanted this lifestyle anyway, and I, I wasn't even playing music, but I had to find something that, that was going to allow me to travel the world and and to not be going and working on an hourly rate for someone else, you know. So I think for kids, you know, find your passion, um, follow your dreams is a really big thing because you can achieve whatever you want to achieve if you start to think about it, manifest it, write your goals down, small steps into bigger steps so that you can see that on the paper. And that's a really good way you can see what you want to do. You're going to read it daily or once a week or something and then mm-hmm. really sort of get that together and you'll, and you'll, you'll understand that you can achieve a lot of things. The minute you say that you can't, you won't. And don't listen to other people because a lot of people will say, that, oh, don't do that. That's a bit dangerous. I had a lot of people saying with music, uh, my own family would got very scared, you know, like, what are you doing? I don't think this is going to work. And a lot of other mates going, oh, I'm like, you know, what are you doing, mate? you got no money. I had no money. Mm. Um, I was 30, 31. I had nothing. I couldn't even go to, uh, to buy lunch and had other friends who were starting to have kids, mm. uh, buying houses. Um, but, you know, I guess the self-belief that I had that this would work. Um, in saying that, always have a plan B. Uh, and I think, you know, some sort of studies, which was the natural medicine for me, that's what I could fall back on. You have to have a plan B. But follow your dreams as much as you can and, and have a plan in place on how you can achieve um, to get where you want to be. Hey, it's wonderful advice, Pete. I've been excited about chatting with a bloke that surfs and drives a combi and plays a guitar and sings like a god. So, mate, thank you so much for joining me on the Howie Games Artist Series. Good luck with everything moving forward and hopefully i see you out in the surf one day and uh, we can have a bit more of a chat about combis, which could be a four-hour episode. Thanks, Howie. Well, let's do let's do Greenbush together one day. Yeah, so maybe we start at Crescent Head <laughs> and then we just sort of tune ourselves up and yeah, then maybe good. Greenbush. All right, mate. Good on you, mate. Stay safe. Thank you very much. I tell you, there is a man with a great attitude to life, I reckon. Does what he loves and does it really, really well. Thanks to Pete for being Pete, to Das for being Das, to Anastasia Robertson and Fenella Wagner from Sony Music for making this episode happen. Thank you so much. And most importantly, to you all for tuning in. Until next week with Greg Pickhaver of HG Nelson fame, peace and love. 
listener.